Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon, Hare Krishna. So I titled this Acharya Moments. And the reason I did that is I have a couple of problems. I have a lot of problems, but two problems that I want to talk about today. Um, and one is th this definition that Acharya means one who uh, teaches by example. And we see in one of the great literatures that uh, this is one definition, that amongst gurus, the Acharya is preeminent. So I don't, I'm not a, I don't, although my wife introduced me as a guru, but you know, that's just to be nice to me. Uh, she's usually not nice to me, no. Um, but <clears throat> Acharya is just on such a pedestal. So one of my problems is it just seems to be an Acharya just seems so far away. You know, great teachers like our founder, Srila Prabhupada, whose uh, murti or statue is behind you there, or, or his teacher, or, or these great, great teachers in our line, and people like, you know, Lord Jesus Christ, great, great Acharyas. And it seems just so distant that, you know, why even try? You know, it's such a uh, exalted uh, position. That's, that's one issue that I have. I, I, you know, I think about being an Acharya, just like, well, you know, that's for somebody else. And then the other problem with, that I have with the word Acharya is it's one who teaches by example, right, that we just said. And it's really hard to do that. Right? It's really hard to do that, as this, as this saying says, right? The, you know, say what you mean, mean what you say. And have your you know actions match your word, or as we often say, right? You know, you say walk your talk, and so that's my other problem is that it's really easy. Believe me, it's actually relatively easy to sit here on this uh, little uh, seat and talk about what we should be doing. It's much harder when I get off the seat and actually try to do it in my own life. So those are two. Does anyone have a similar challenge? Just, just it's just me. No, you know, it's not easy to know what we're supposed to do on this side and where we are on this side and have them match is, is in one sense, it's the challenge of our life if, if we want to be a good person and what to speak of a, uh, a spiritual person. So it's, it's a real challenge to, uh, to have our words match what we really are. It's, it's, it's a real challenge. Okay, so let's so um, let's see, let's examine a little bit about what Krishna says about this whole topic. So this is the most famous verse in the Bhagavad Gita about this very topic. It begins in Sanskrit, yad yad acharati shrestas. There's that word acharya, acharati, right? And and Krishna says here that whatever action is performed by a great person, great man, common men follow in his footsteps. And whatever standard he sets by exemplary acts, all the world pursues. And if, if you're familiar with, uh, with our founder, Srila Prabhupada's translation of, of the Bhagavad Gita and other books, 
After the translation comes some of his comments on it. So this is what he says in one of the comments, that people in general always require a leader who can teach the public by practical behavior. A leader cannot teach the public to, top, to stop smoking if he himself smokes. Lord Chaitanya, who we'll discuss in a minute, said that a teacher should behave properly even before he begins teaching. One who teaches in that way is called acharya, or the ideal teacher. So this is Krishna's words, that um, to, the way that we inspire people by our actions. You, know, um, you probably heard me say before that I, I always think that spirituality and Krishna consciousness, it's caught even more than it's taught. You see someone living that example, and, and, and you see, oh, wow, I, can, I could try to be like that. Or, or it's just become so inspirational to see a person or a group of people who are not just speaking the ideals, but at least trying to live the ideals. That's, that's the inspiration. And that's one of the greatest ways to help other people be Krishna conscious, to, become, to be spiritual, is to ourselves, practice it ourselves. You know, you know that it's a, it's a famous example, right? But I, you know, I travel a lot by airplane, and they always teach you, right, that you have to put on your oxygen mask before you can help someone else. So you know, you, we can't give what we ain't got. So the more that we have Krishna consciousness flowing through our veins, so to speak, the more we can give that to others, and by our example as much as by our precept. And so that's what Krishna says in the Gita. And we see even in his life, um, this is, uh, when, so Krishna, of course, he's a supreme personality of God. And he, but to set an example, he goes to school. And he accepts a teacher. He's, here's a picture of him with his brother, um, uh, taught, learning from Sandipani Muni, who, the, the name of his teacher. Uh, actually, in three weeks from now, I'm going to Ujjain in uh, Madhya Pradesh, is that right? Yeah. And so Ujjain is the place where Krishna went to school, where he went to Gurukula. And I'll be going there for some meetings and uh, going to the place where, where this took place. But Krishna set the example to teach us that we all need teachers. What is it, what's that saying? If you have a, if yourself as a teacher, you if you're your own guru, you have your, your teacher is the greatest fool, something like that. Anyway, you get the idea, right? That you know, we learn from others. And it wasn't only Krishna. Um, the incarnation of Krishna as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, here's a picture of him dancing at the Rathayatra, the big festival that now takes place all over the world. Um, his entire incarnation was one of teaching by example. He's God who comes in the form of a devotee to show us how to be a devotee of Krishna. So his entire life, just like we go to the Rathiatra Festival, there's a big one in New York we have in the, in the 4th of July National Parade here in D.C. in Los Angeles, and I think in how many, all Philadelphia is coming up soon, right? Uh, next week or in two weeks from now? 23rd or something like that? Yeah, um, 23rd I believe it is. Yeah, so it, how many is it? 80, 90 cities all over the world now? There's a, there's a Rathiatra and the devotees chant and they dance. And Chaitanya, he did the same thing, to teach us by example. It's such an important concept. 
to teach by example. His whole life, practically speaking, was uh, teaching, teaching by example. And he also had a guru, had a teacher, right? So let's bring it down to, uh, to um, our founder, Srila Prabhupada. His, his guru, his teacher, uh, here's a picture of him. His name was Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Um, when he was, by the age of seven, he memorized the entire Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> so then a little after that, I think between the ages of seven and eight, he was living in his house, and his father was a great, great devotee, also another acharya, another great teacher. And what often happens in, in homes, in devotees' homes, is they have a place where they keep what we call boga. They keep food that is not yet offered to Krishna. Once it's offered, it goes from the word boga to the word prashadam, which literally, literally means mercy. So the, there was a mango in the area that was boga. And the idea is that devotees don't eat food until it's first offered to Krishna. It becomes prashadam. But he saw the mango. He was a young child. And he ate the mango. And his father lightly chastised him. After all, he was a young child, seven or eight years old. And he said, no, no, son, we don't do like, we don't, you know, we don't do it in that way. First, we, we only eat food that's first offered to Krishna. And he was such a great acharya, teaching by example, that from that day forward, for the rest of his life, he never ate a mango. Now, if anyone's from India, <laughs> you know that that is, and also for us, it's like, oh, you know, I don't have a mango. I can have apples, oranges. Mango is like the king of fruit, especially Alfonso mangoes, right? Anyone knows, right? Those ones that you get in in. Maharashtra, really wonderful. I used to take uh, cases of them on the train from Mumbai and bring them to Vrindavan and then offer them to the deities in Vrindavan. But he, but he set that example. He said, I, and whenever one of his disciples would offer him a mango, he said, no, I'm an offender. I, can, I can't have that. Right? He was such a, such a great teacher. And then our founder, Srila uh, uh, Prabhupada, he, so many things he did. We're, we're teaching by example. I'll just read to you one exchange um, that he had. So a reporter, he, Srila Prabhupada was often interviewed by reporters when he was here in America. And the reporter, understanding this principle about Acharya, was trying to catch him at not being an Acharya, right, but exploiting his disciples. So the reporter says, I heard that your disciples work all day but generally only get six hours of sleep at night. I wanted to ask you, how many hours each night do you sleep? <laughs> Pointed question. Prabhupada replies, I generally go to sleep at 10 o'clock at night and wake up at 12. Then I do my translation work. And then one of Prabhupada's disciples, who's kind of in a, interrupting in a protective mode, right? He says, Prabhupada doesn't sleep much at all. He sleeps less, not more than his disciples. He doesn't sleep more than four hours a night. And then Prabhupada interrupts his disciple and says, no, not four hours. I go to sleep at 10 and wake at 12. How many hours is that? <laughs> Which is generally what he did. He would take about two hours at night and then about a 45-minute nap during the day. But, you know, setting the, not, not, you know, exploiting means, okay, Disciples, you sleep six hours. I'll sleep ten. Right? Or in, uh, how many of you have been to Allahabad? 
Okay. Born in Allahabad. Uh -huh. well, let me ask you a question. How cold does it get in January? Uh, very cold. Yeah, it's very cold in January. You know, um, uh, it's, it's in the 40s and, it's, and, and near the Ganges, it can get very windy. And so they have a, a, a huge festival. Actually, the biggest festival in the world is called Kumbha Mela. And it happens uh, every 12 years. So there was a Kumbha Mela in, uh, and what is it? Millions of people, literally. Six million people go to that. It's a very special religious festival. And so in 1967, when our founder, Srila Prabhupada, was 81 years old at that time, he went to Kumbha Mela. What? Did I say 67? 77. Yeah, thank you. 1977. Yes, thank you. Uh, he went to Kumbha Mela. And it's very um, austere. There's just tents there um, because it's, it's, it's a big area that's just set up with a temporary city is built. So in order to take a bath, you, you uh, take a bath, you take the hand pump and you fill it with a bucket and then you pour water over you. And so Prabhupada, 81 years old, starting to get ill because he passed away just 10, uh, 11 months later, um, he was there with the cold water taking the bath. And the disciples were like, huh? <laughs> you know, like this, but he was you know, there setting the example. And of course, there's so many, I could tell stories all day about, about you know, but how he wasn't exploiting us, but actually setting the example um, for all of us. So this is such a way to teach. I think this next saying uh, from Ralph Waldo, Ralph Waldo Emerson kind of sums it up, right? What you do speaks so loudly, I cannot hear what you say. Right? So example is even greater than, than precept. Hmm. So that's the greatness. So we, maybe, again, we could maybe I'm reinforcing the problem that I said I had before by here by because we're hearing about these great acharyas and God Himself setting an example. So we might question, um, what about us? What about us, right? Because we may not be uh, an acharya with a capital A, but uh, that's why I'm using this small A. We can have every one of us does, and we can increase the acharya moments that we have in our life. The times, even if it's two or three times a day, or maybe it's a hundred times, that we do the right thing. And in that way, even if no one else sees us, we are setting an example by doing the right thing. Because bhakti, it, it's, a, it's a spectrum, it's a range, all the way from, from very beginning to great, great advanced teachers. And we can be anywhere along that spectrum. Hmm? And we can all have, as I'm saying, uh, acharya moments in our life. Every one of us can be an acharya in that sense. In that sense. So I thought we would talk about a few Examples of how we can have how we can be acharyas in in our lives, and let's pick one of the simplest ones. Everyone has to eat, right? Everyone has to eat. That's a picture of uh, what they're cooking in the kitchen today. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Sorry to disappoint. It's not exactly. It'll be wonderful. It just won't be uh, <laughs> right. But for but because uh, I better get rid of that picture. Uh, <laughs> 
this is the most famous verse in the Bhagavad Gita about eating, right? And Krishna says, if you just offer me a leaf, a flower, fruit, or water, and he mentions the word bhakti twice with devotion, then he says asnami in Sanskrit. He says, I accept it. Hmm? So we can set an example by, at the minimum, um, and I encourage anyone who's not this yet to be a vegetarian, right? Uh, Nonviolence, if we think we're a nonviolent person, nonviolence begins at the dinner plate. That's where it begins, at the dinner plate. Huh? So being a vegetarian. And then beyond that, following this instruction of Krishna, that, that before we eat anything, we offer it first to Krishna. Out of gratitude, out of bhakti, out of devotion. And we set that example in our home. Our children see that. And what do they do when they grow up? They're vegetarians and they offer their food to Krishna. And it sets an example for the world. And I, you know, I find even in the workplace, I often have to go uh, to people and you know, want to have lunch. right? And so I, 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 have a, I have a salad and I don't even, and I'm careful even about the dressing, so I just have olive oil. Right? And things like that. And people ask me, and I say, no, I'm a vegetarian. Then I start telling them why I'm a vegetarian. And it's a bit of a, it's an acharya moment. I'm not an acharya, but it's an acharya moment, teaching by example. And I say, I say, well, in my my understanding of life is nonviolence begins on the, well, and then I say the lunch plate. I try not to make them feel too guilty, you know, but a little guilty, a little guilty is okay. <laughs> you know, a little guilty is okay, right? But then they, 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 we're teaching by example by doing that. We're teaching by example, by doing that. So it can be so a simple thing. We all have to eat. We can be acharyas by the way we eat. Or we can at least have those acharya, uh, that acharya moment every time, three times a day when we uh, are taking food. Okay, now let's go into maybe a little, little more difficult. How about when difficulties happen in our life? Maybe we're consult a loved one is in the hospital and we're talking to the doctor and it's bad news, or, or to ourselves. How do we deal with that? Or for some of us, uh, um, we, uh, we are working, we are at work, and they're talking about layoffs, right? And we have an H-1B visa, which by the way, if you don't know what an H-1B visa is, it means that you have to be working in this country to stay in this country, basically. How do we react to that kind of bad news? How do we react to those kind of difficulties? And we all have difficulties, right? And that's, that's just part of living, whether it's health or whether it's rela in relationships. So how do we deal with that? That is a way that we can be, have an acharya moment because people will notice how we're de dealing with the difficulties. And does Krishna talk about that? Of course, he talks about everything, right? So this, this is a very, very, very famous verse. It's in, not in the Bhagavad Gita, but in a much larger book called the Srimad Bhagavatam. And our founder, Srila Prabhupada, said that this, should be, this statement should be the guide for all devotees. So let's look at this statement carefully. The, the, the devotee is praying, My dear Lord, any person who constantly awaits your causeless mercy, so he's just thinking, God is ultimately merciful, and who goes on suffering the resultant actions of past misdeeds. So this brings in the concept of karma, that I'm in this situation due to something I did in the past, not just because 
the universe hates me. But something that I did in the past, my karma. So it goes on that. Uh, suffering the resultant actions, and, but in the heart, offering his re, you respectful obeisances from the core of his heart. And someone who has that mentality to difficulties, taking shelter in a loving way to the Lord, uh, they surely become eligible for liberation, of going back to the spiritual world at the end of this life. It becomes their rightful claim. It's, a, it's an automatic ticket if we develop this kind of mentality. It's not easy, right? Sometimes we have, you ever have 20-20 um, hindsight? You ever go through some challenge and you think, oh my God, this is so, Krishna, why are you doing this to me? And then a few weeks later, a few months later, a year later, you look back and say, oh, that was Krishna's mercy. But in the time, you're wondering, oh my God, why is, you know, why is this happening to us? Right. So um, this this is the mood that we can try to try to adopt. Even the attempt to adopt it is being a char is having a charya moments. You know, talking to other people, say, you know, I'm going through this difficulty. My 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 mother is really sick. I'm trying to see this as you know as as her karma and Krishna's mercy. I'm struggling with that, and that isn't a char. You know, that is a charya like trying to live by the teachings in the scriptures. It's an, even the attempt is Acharya-like. Now, all of you are Acharyas right now because you're sitting here instead of... <laughs> kickoff was 36 minutes ago, and I only see a few of you checking the scores. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So, so, you know, choosing to come to the temple instead of watching the Redskins game or the Nationals game or whatever, right? Um, choosing priorities is a way to be Acharya-like. And of course, it, it means more than, you know, what we watch on television, but so many things in our life, how we set our priorities. And if we set them in a proper way, and especially in a way that enhances our spiritual life, enhances, enhances our Krishna consciousness, that's being an acharya, at least for that, that moment, those moments when we make the right choices. Hmm? What about how we deal with each other? Right? How we talk to one, how we talk to one another, how we talk to devotees, how we talk to people in general. Is it, are, we, are we rough in our speech? Do we use a lot of curse words? Are, are we in the Bhagavad Gita in the seventeenth chapter? Krishna says this: that the austerities of speech consist of speaking words that are truthful, pleasing, beneficial, and not agitating to others. How good are we at that? And when we are good at it, that's being that's an acharya moment. That's teaching by example. Hmm? We may be very nice to our boss. How are we to our peers? How are we to the person at work who takes out our garbage or cleans the office once a week? How do we deal with them? Do we follow Christian's instructions with them? Right? I think I told you before I had this, uh, uh, this uh, good friend of mine in India. Um, and he, you know, in India, sometimes big people have two cell phones. 
right? So he, he had the prime minister's um, personal assistant on one phone and his driver on the other phone. Many people in India have drivers. And he got the two phones mixed up. So he started chastising the prime minister's personal assistant and speaking very sweetly to his driver. <laughs> so if he would have followed the Gita principles, he would have been all right. <laughs> but he got in trouble because he didn't follow that. Right? So how we deal with one another, we can be Acharya-like in how we deal with one another. Mm -hmm. Take the time. Don't just, init just whatever comes to our mind say something, but don't. Remember this verse from the Bhagavad Gita and deal with others in that way, in that Acharya-like way. <clears throat> uh, and then self-care. That's another way to, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, what is, it's like a badge of courage in America right now. How, how are you? How, how's it going? Very busy. <laughs> right? That's like, yeah, oh, very busy. Isn't that what you, right? Yeah, no, I'm very busy. Right? That's, that's not a red, that's a red badge of stupidity sometimes if we don't also take care of ourselves, if we have a balanced life. Sometimes it's Acharya-like to say no. Can you do such and such? No, I can't right now. Uh, I have uh, my sadhana, my spiritual practices that I have to do. People are a little taken aback because they expect you, if you're a devotee of God, that you just say yes to everything. But, you know, sometimes the, the greatest enemy of great is good. Doing all kinds of good things and then missing out on what we really should be prioritizing in our life. So taking care of ourselves. Um, we, we talked already about the mask, you know, the, in, on the airplane, right? You can't take care of others till you're taking care of ourselves. <clears throat> and then another uh, Acharya is, is, especially for those of us here, is sadhana. Sadhana, the actual word just means practice or spiritual practices. So here's a picture of our founder chanting on his, on his japa, on his beads, the, the Hare Krishna mantra. Uh, and you can see with great intensity. So, so taking our spiritual practices um, very seriously is a great way to teach by example, right? If you're if you're telling your kids, oh, you should really practice spiritual life and spiritual, and you should you should be chanting your rounds, and then you're chanting your rounds also while watching the Redskins game, reading the newspaper, checking your phone every two minutes. Right? That's, that's, that is teaching by example, by the wrong example. Right? So, so it's, uh, it's, it's such a, so we can teach by example in our own little ways. Here's a conversation. So, um, before I show that conversation, um, this, is a, this is an important thing even in, in Christianity. I mean, I know I'm simplifying a very complex uh, concept. But during the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s, um, the, the idea came about, and is still preached in many ways today, that it's by faith alone in Jesus that one is saved. Whereas in Catholicism, ever since the third century, it was a combination of faith and works. And those, and of course, I'm not saying all Protestants say just faith alone and you can just be a total sinful rascal and not quite like that. But the, but the idea of faith and works is important. That setting, being an Acharya-like is not just saying, you know, speaking here and giving a class, but it's actually in our works, in our daily activities, right? And 
Prabhupada, our, our founder, set a very high bar. This is a conversation he had with a disciple where he said to him, come, remember he said he gets up at 12 o'clock at night to translate? So he told the disciple, come sit with me in the early morning when I translate. And the disciple said, that's difficult. I'm already sleeping less than six hours. And Prabhupada said, but I am sleeping less. And the disciple said, well, you are a Paramahamsa. Paramahamsa means a, like an Acharya, a great devotee. And then actually you, can't, you don't see it in the words here, but Prabhupada very sternly said, why aren't you a Paramahamsa? Right? The idea that you don't just follow Jesus or follow Prabhupada and they, they're setting an example we could never know. You try to follow in the footsteps. Try to become, not that you can become as great as Jesus or Prabhupada, but you try to follow in their footsteps and follow their, their example is for us to learn from and to strive for, not just say, oh, so great, I'm just a Egypt, Egypt, and what is, anyone here from Ireland except my wife? Uh, Egypt means just a fool. Yeah, and in, in, yeah, yeah. When I go to Ireland, um, anyway, I won't tell you about <laughs> stories about my wife. Anyway, I promise I wouldn't talk about her. Uh, and then here's another example of that. Um, Simply Wonderfuls are these sweets that devotees just kind of made up. They're made with, uh, what is it, powdered milk, butter, sugar, and sometimes raisins and nuts. So you can imagine, pretty tasty little thing. And Prabhupada, they gave one to Prabhupada, and he said, oh, this is simply wonderful. So that's how the word came about. And he said, so go on distributing this simply wonderful. Your philosophy is simply wonderful. Your prasadam is simply wonderful, the foodstuffs. You are simply wonderful, and your Krishna is simply wonderful. The whole process uh, is, or that should be, is simply wonderful. And the devotee said, Prabhupada, you are simply wonderful. And if you listen on the recording, he says it under, almost underneath his breath. He says, that's all right. You can become everyone. So we are meant to become, we, it, it's our birthright. Nitya Siddha, Krishna Prema, Sadhu Kabanoi, Shavanadi Sudhichite, Kariye Udoi. Our original love for God is in our hearts, and it has to be just awakened. So step by step, by practicing little acharya moments, we can become true spiritualists and just do it step by step. Hare Krishna. Questions, comments? There's a saying, um, good thoughts, uh, good words, and good deeds, right? Right. You, you covered um, <clears throat> like words and deeds, but any advice on how to on thoughts. groom our thoughts? Because thoughts. words you can just shut up if they're not good enough, but how do, you, how do you improve your thoughts? Well, the very nature of this world, and even the nature of creation as described in the in the scriptures, is from subtle to gross, right? So we, we, we hear sometimes in the Shastra that we're not, uh, we don't get karma for our thoughts in Kali Yuga. But, the, but we do have to control our thoughts because from our thoughts come our words, come our actions, right? So, um, so when we have good thoughts, uh, maybe this, <laughs> this example probably doesn't, probably not a, not a lot of surfers here, but you've probably seen it on television, right? So a surfer, when they catch a good wave, they want to ride that wave as long as possible, right? So when we have a good thought, ride that wave of the good thought as long as possible, right? 
And then when we have a bad thought, right, then we should deal with that like we deal with the dogs in Vrindavan. I think I told you about the dogs. I lived in Vrindavan for many years. And the dogs bark. You know, there's all kinds of dogs there, right? But, the, but if you just go up to the dog and go, Hut! And they go, oh, 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 and they run away. <laughs> so, you know, there's the, but one thing you do with you, so your bad thoughts, you just say, no, <laughs> let's go surfing instead, right? Uh, and don't let the, the thoughts to just linger and linger and linger. We, you know, we are separate from our mind. And one way you can practice this is to observe your mind. It's a way of, it's a process of self-realization to watch your mind. And it's going here and there. And we're separate from our mind and we can actually control it. And so the mind, otherwise the mind is just like, it's going off, it's like hurting cats. You know, it's not easy to do. But, but Krishna says it's possible by abhyas and vairagya, right? By practice and renunciation. So it's something you practice. It's a sadhana. Adwaitapu. Is that all right? Great. I love the surfing. You like the surfing? <laughs> now everyone's going to be singing Beach Boy songs as they leave here. So that. Hare Krishna. So uh, you mentioned about that uh, first step is that you become vegetarian huh. and you can offer to Krishna, right? So uh, if you're vegetarian, anything you can offer vegetarian is okay to Krishna? Uh, well, okay. There, there's... Um, in... There, again, there's different levels. So being a vegetarian, fantastic, good start. Um, when offering to Krishna, we, there's certain foods that we tend to avoid because they, um, they have a tamasic or uh, effect on the consciousness. And consider generally garlic, onions, and sometimes mushrooms are in that category as well. Um, and so when, as we're, you know, remember I said about the spectrum, right? So vegetarian, very good. Then, okay, I want to offer my food to Krishna. What is Krishna like? What is he not like? Like, like that. Um, and we, you know, go in that, in that direction. And there's, by the way, there's, uh, there's really good replacements for uh, ashvatita is a great replacement for garlic and things like that. And um, it's, not, it's not hard to do. Although onions, sometimes I remember when there was a sh I was when I was living in India and there was a shortage of onions and there was practically a revolt against the government. Right? Anyone in India at that time? It was like, ah, how could I live without a Right. But it becomes easy um, by practice and renunciation. Is that what the answer you were looking for? Okay, I thought so. Any ladies? We've heard from two men. Any ladies have a question? Yes. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. Um, are we true vegetarians? The reason I ask is I have been having difficulty dealing with this for a long, long time. With eggs? No, no, not eggs. I am oh. a vegetarian. I don't okay. eat meat or eggs um, or anything. So um, my question is, we do consume tablets of medicine. And medicine, it's a result of years and years of animal exper experimentation. Mm -hmm. um, are we true vegetarians in that sense? Of course, the tablets are not made of animal products, but they right. are a result of experimentation with animals. Right. Um, how do we deal with that? It's as best, uh, my, you know, as best we can. You know, we have to be practical. Just like it, I don't know if it's still the case, but in the '70s, when our founder was around, um, it, uh, living on the, in America and visiting America, and at that time, all milk had vitamin D added, right? And vitamin D came from a fish product, at least at that time. I don't know if it still does today, 
or at least sometimes it did. And and Srila uh, Prabhupada just said, Kya kare? You know, anyone knows Hindi, what, what to do? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult world and, you know, uh, so just like I had open heart surgery, gosh, six years ago. So, you know, I didn't ask the doctor, are you a vegetarian? <laughs> you know, or, you know, are you, you know, um, you know, uh, are you, you know, you having proper relationships with the opposite side? No, I just said, are you a good doctor? <laughs> how, many, how many times have you done uh, mitral valve uh, repairs? And I said, okay, you're the one, you know. So, so yes, as much as possible in our cosmetics, we can choose those that have not been tested on animals and don't have animal products in them. A lot of the things from Trader Joe's even, which are not very expensive uh, like that. And we can get, not, you can get veggie caps in supplements generally like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, we, we, we're, we're practical. Right? We're, we're, we're in the hospital, and, and the doctor says, you must take this pill right away. And he says, is it, it veggie caps? <laughs> and he says, well, look, do you want to die, or do you care about, you know? You know. So, so we, we try our best while living in this world. Uh, try to, we try to uh, tread on Mother Earth as lightly as possible. But it's impossible to do it fully. When we're driving our car, you know, we, there's ants and there's microbes, and when we're breathing, you know, so we, we do our best. Is that all right? Okay. Um, other thoughts, questions? You quoted the verse from the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Which one? Uh, I can't remember it, but it talked about speech and truthfulness. 17. And yeah. 17. Okay. And, and uh, in this there, one. it talked about, yeah, it talked about being truthful at the same time not agitating others so uh -huh. how do you get around that because sometimes the truth hurts <laughs> sometimes the truth hurts yes so uh there's a saying and is it in hindi or bengali does anyone know satyam priyat pri no no satyam priyat priyam priyat speak the truth but palatably right so it is it is uh it is sometimes a challenge Right? You're, you, you, know, you don't want to... Um, there's also a principle of ahimsa in the Bhagavad Gita, which means doing the least harm. Right? So if you're invited to a friend's... I think uh, Shonaka Rishi Prabhu, when he gave a class about two months ago, the one from Oxford a month ago, he made, he made this point. If you're going to a friend's house and uh, they make some um, vegetable preparation, which in Hindi we call sabji, uh, right? Makes a sabji, and it's burnt. Right? And they, they ask you, how do you like the subject? Usually we say, oh, very nice. You don't say, burnt beyond recognition. <laughs> it's awful. Right? Because, because the relationship is more important than the, than the truth. Now, having said that, sometimes we do have to speak the, the truth. Um, it may be a little pinching at first. But like if a person is just about to jump off a cliff, right? We don't say, oh, you know, you might consider, right? No, you just grab him by the scruff of the neck and bring him back to safety. So not everything in the Bhagavad Gita is, is all, you know, roses. Krishna says, Janma mrityu jaravyadhi, dukkha doshanu darshanam. He says, birth, death, disease, and old age. A wise person always keeps in mind that this is, 
realities of life. It these these things are you know uh, encouraging to us. Adi Krishna says in another place in the Gita that a wise person doesn't just engage in selfish activities because they have a beginning and an end and they don't lead to spirituality. So, so, so there are times, uh, when, especially when the, the guru, the spiritual teacher, chastises a disciple. Uh, our founder, Prabhupada, used to say that the, the teacher chastises the advanced disciple. The neophyte disciple, the beginner, might say, why are you getting on my case? Right? But the advanced disciple has developed such a trusting, loving relationship with the teacher that understands that when, when, the person, when this person's getting on my case, it's for my well-being. Right? So it's, it's, it's a little like driving a clutch. We don't do it so much in America. We, in India, right? We, how much to put on the clutch, how much to put on the gas. Right? But to know how much truth will actually benefit a person and how much we uh, you know, adjust it according to the time, the place, and the circumstance. But we don't want to be like the doctor who has fantastic bedside, manner, bedside, bedside manners but doesn't give the medicine. That's not being nice to a person, right? You know, a person really likes you but you don't give them some real knowledge. You know, the operation is successful but the patient dies, right? So we do want to, um, when necessary, give people the real, the reality of what this world is like and as much as possible in a way that they can accept it. Okay, I think we have time for one or two more. Uh, ladies, it's your turn. Uh, how do we turn our thoughts into actions? It's so difficult. Uh, how do we turn our thoughts into actions? Good question. There's something in uh, Sanskrit called Hridaya Durbalyam. It's mentioned in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna mentions it. And it's translated as weakness of heart. And you ever know, like, you know you're supposed to do something, uh, but uh, that'll just go to sleep, right? <laughs> you know, you're supposed to exercise. You're supposed to go to the temple. You're supposed to, you know, so, you know, uh, right? So it's, 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 the mo it's one of the, these three energies in this world, the mode of goodness, the mode of passion, and the mode of ignorance. Uh, and it's the mode of ignorance that kind of, yeah, I should, ought to, should have, could have, would have, but, uh, right? Yes, so it takes, one thing is uh, to associate with people who aren't like that, who's, who's, who walk their talk, and we get inspired by seeing that. We see that they're happier by doing that, and we become encouraged to do that. Or we just get off our tukas, as they say in Yiddish, and do it. You know, like the Nike thing, just do it. Just do it. Just, just pick up those beads and chant, for God's sakes. Just go to the temple. Just be nice to that person that is really mean to you. Right? Just offer that food to Krishna before you eat it. Just, be, you know, just speak kind words. Just say hello and ask. I, I, I had to practice this myself, so I found out the person who comes every Friday and cleans my room and takes out the garbage. His name is Paul, and he really likes doo-wop music. So this week when he came in, I played some 50s music for him on my computer as he was walking in and <laughs> developed a little bit of a, a rasa with him, right? Yeah. So, you know, just, just let's do it. Life is so short. 
it's you know blink of an eye. I was telling um I have two more minutes. I was going I was doing a research project the other day, and I was going through old emails from 2002, and I used to get these CNN once a, once a day. They just give you a little summary of what's going on in the world, right? And all the crises that were going on in the world. Where are they are today? Where is President Bush? Where is uh, the Secretary of State Colin what was it, Colin Powell, Secretary of State? Yeah, you know. You know, all these things that were big news, 2002, 15 years old. It's all gone, and I'm 15 years older. Right? I was 43 when I was reading that. Right? That 43 is gone. Life is short. So we should really, you know, get, get the nerve to do the right thing as much as possible and be, uh, have these acharya moments and have them increase, increase day by day. Thank you. Hare Krishna.